This is PhotoBizX episode number 462 and today we are focusing on ROI and what makes you happy if you want to succeed in your photography business. Our special guest is bound to make you feel like an underachiever with what she's doing because in addition to her extremely successful photography business, she also has a full-time job. Our special guest is Nidhi Dahia, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the PhotoBiz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Please do not be put off by that earlier intro. Although Nidhi may make you feel like an underachiever, what she shares in this interview could be a game changer for you. We dive deep into her business and she shares how she's gone from a $30,000 turnover to over $750,000 in under five years. Like it's just incredible. All this in addition to raising a family, having a full-time job. It really is amazing what she's achieving and she shares so much in this upcoming interview. So stick around for that. It's coming up in just a minute. And if you haven't caught up with last week's interview, which featured David and Whitney Scott of Whitney Scott Photography, make sure you get back and have a listen to that one. This husband and wife team have done so well in attracting high-end photography clients. They share exactly how they do that. It's different to what you've heard from so many other interviews. These guys get out and about in their local community, make real friends and business acquaintances with the people who go on to become their photography clients. Again, another enlightening interview, a different approach to what you hear from so many other photographers, and the feedback has been fantastic from PhotoBizX premium members. So that's David and Whitney Scott in last week's interview. As far as me and my week is concerned, this well, today is actually Linda's birthday, my wife, Linda, and we are celebrating her birthday week. <laughs> Linda is definitely not content with just a birthday. It is a week of celebrations around here when it comes to Linda and her birthdays, and it's a big one this year. I'm sure that she won't mind me telling you that she's turned 50. She's been spoiled by family and friends, and I was able to come up with something a little bit different for this birthday, which had her and me, to be honest, in tears this morning when I shared it with her. I don't know if you've heard about Songfinch, but I saw an ad on Facebook <laughs> when this came up in my feed and I knew it would be an incredible gift for Linda. If you haven't heard of this, it's where you have a song, a personal song created for someone you love and they make it so easy on their website, which is beautifully done. I basically signed up to have a song created. I chose whether I want a male or female artist, what genre I wanted the song to sound like, you know, country, pop, rock, etc. And then I shared a whole lot of different life things that the songwriter could utilize to create the song. And I honestly didn't know what I was going to get back. And it was one of those things where once I submitted the information, I thought, you know what? I left out so many things. This is going to sound silly. This isn't going to work very well. Anyway, 
I was delighted, absolutely delighted when I got the song back. And like I said, both Linda and I were in tears this morning when I, uh, when I shared it with her. I'm going to link to it in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, I, I don't get anything as well. <laughs> There's nothing in this for me, um, sharing about Songfinch. But what I did love was that the obviously targeted Facebook ad worked so well. How easy the business made it for me to actually go ahead and make the purchase and how beautifully and seamless the whole thing was. It was um, a great example of advertising, marketing, job fulfillment and, and customer satisfaction because here I am telling you about it. Uh, it really was a great experience. And I think this is exactly what we strive to do as photographers, you know, have these targeted style ads, attract our ideal clients, make it easy for them to buy and spend with us, and then deliver a great service, a great result, a great product at the end of it. It's exactly what we do. And it's exactly what Nidhi is doing with her business. You're going to hear so many examples of how she's doing exactly this in her business. Anyway, enough about me and Linda's birthday. Let's get on with this interview with Nidhi. I'll have a couple of quick announcements after the interview, but let's jump into this one. I know you're going to love it. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Oh, and just quickly, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, what that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Nidhi. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what you hear in the first half of this interview and you want to access the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There's more details about that at photobizx.com forward slash try. And obviously, the idea is you fall in love with what you're getting as a premium member in your trial, and you stay on with your membership after that. That's the whole idea of the premium membership trial. I want you to hear exactly what you're missing out on because it is incredible the amount of content you're missing out on. And when I say content, I'm talking about the real nitty gritty, the, the, the best part of every interview is saved for premium members. It's when we go into detail about the marketing, the sales, the strategies, the tactics that the guest for that week is sharing. That's what I save for premium members. So go and check it out. See what you are actually missing out on and see if you feel if it's as good value as so many other premium members do. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a self-proclaimed workaholic. In addition to a full-time day job, she's built a wonderfully successful photography business where she focuses on what looks like a bit of everything, from headshots and branding photography to families and seniors. And she tells me that her business has grown substantially in the last five years, going from $30,000 annually as a shoot-and-burn photographer to $762,000 in sales for 2021. She's a one-person studio and is aiming for a $1 million turnover in 2022. I have no idea how she's doing it all, but I'm keen to learn more. I'm talking about Nidhi Dahia, who also goes by Nids, and I'm wrapped to say that she's with us now. Nidhi, welcome. Thank you, Andrew. What a wonderful introduction. (laughs) (laughs) So you really have a full-time day job and this photography business. I do, yes. I work for the University of Arkansas as a managing director in behavioral research 
behavioral business research lab. So it's quite a mouthful, <laughs> but I'm a nerd by the day. That's what I say. And photography is my creative outlet. So that's my balance because as you said, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my understanding of you know, American people is, you know, when you have a full-time day job, you tend to, or they tend to devote, you know, everything to that job. But it sounds like you have some room or you've created room or time for the photography business. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I have slight ADHD too, if I can say so myself, I haven't been diagnosed, but, you know, I like that variety and I can't focus on just like, say the left side of my brain for too long. I need a little creative outlet, but then again, I put my highest value as being productive. So at the end of the day, if I have achieved something, I feel like it was a great day. But if I have taken it off and just, you know, enjoyed myself or took a nap all day, then I start to feel a little guilty. So, yeah. (laughs) So at your day job at the university, do they know you're a photographer as well? Some of them do and some of them don't. So I don't mix the two. So there is that boundary there. But yeah, I think half of my coworkers know that I'm also a photographer. They may not know I'm a full-time photographer because <laughs> I do shoot on the weekends and I do my client meetings, um, or like consultations and sometimes ordering appointments do after hours during the weekdays. So yeah, I don't think everyone knows. And you don't hide it from your photography clients either. So do they, I mean, it's on your website. It's pretty clear that you also have a full-time job. Does anyone balk at that fact that you do both? Some people do, and they're like, how do you manage all this? But it comes across very easy when somebody talked to me. Like, if I have a branding client, then with my business knowledge, I can really help them up with coming up with designing that branding session. So, you know, I'm using my expertise of business of what's important and what we need to bring out in front of the camera and give them that. And I take it the extra mile. I even go like, okay, this is how you're going to use these images. Like, um, you know, so I'm basically giving them a lot more than just beautiful pictures of them. So I think most of my clients, yes, they're like, how do you do it? But at the end of the day, they see the value in it. And they really love the fact that I know what I'm talking about. And I mean, I can hear you've got a little bit of an accent. So where are you from originally? I'm from India. Fantastic. So how were you born in the States or did you move over from India? No, we've been in United States since 2002. Or actually, I take that back, 2001. That's how long it's been because I've forgotten how long we've been here. So yeah, half my life in um, America and my daughter was born here. She is about to turn 18 in a month. So yeah, this is home. Uh, But yes, I do have an accent and probably so. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, could you do, I know this is a hypothetical, but could you do what you're doing here back home, back in India? You know, I don't have an answer for that because I didn't have a passion for photography growing up. I was always a creative and my family is, you know, everyone is creative in my family, maybe in painting or, you know, cooking or whatever it is. But yeah, photography is a medium that I kind of, I'm a self taught photographer. So I haven't really gone to school for that, but I have a passion for learning. So I have taught myself so many different things. So when I picked up the camera, I naturally wanted to dig deeper into it and learn more about it. So that kind of happened after, I think I was about 26, 27, when I first picked up a camera and used it as a medium of expressing that creativity. But 
you know, I've also taught myself how to code and <laughs> a lot of other things, how to saw or how to knit. So I just take everything as a challenge and just go deeper into it and see where it takes me. Wow. <laughs> You're amazing. So how long into learning photography did you decide that I can start charging for this? I can make a business out of this. I've always been a business-minded person. And from the school itself, I knew that I wanted to be a businesswoman and I did my degrees in business. So I went for my undergrad in personal relations and wait, what was it? IRPM, industrial relationships and personal management. It's been several decades, right? So yeah, like my brain just works naturally into business. And so anytime I'm doing something, I don't ever remember asking money from home, even as a little kid. So I was tutoring people when I was in school. I was, in fact, way ahead of my game. Like I was tutoring people who were in college while I was in high school. So I'll read their books, teach myself, and then go teach them. So yeah, I've always just found ways to make money. So it, it was very natural to me that if I'm spending time into something and if somebody else is asking me to do it for them, then I'm making money out of it. Okay. So how long did it actually take for you to start, you know, for your first paid photography job after learning photography? I was just taking pictures of my kid and my husband and they were pretty sick of it very soon, <laughs> early on. So I started taking pictures of my friends and in the world of Facebook, because that was when Facebook was very new, I think about 20, 2010 or something, uh, was when I first got on Facebook. It could be a little earlier than that. Um, no, it was definitely earlier than that. I'm all over the place here. But in the world of Facebook, their friends saw the pictures and they're like, okay, we want to do those too. Who took these for you? And now if I'm photographing a total stranger, then of course I'm going to make it worth my time because I'm not going to take out time from my family and do something to do it for a total stranger. So my first session that I did, I charged them 30 whole bucks. <laughs> it was $30 and it was a friend, you know, it kind of, and I still love those pictures and they did too. And they just came back to me recently and paid me, I think 3,500 was their total. So, you know, from 30 bucks to the next session they did with me, you know, a decade later, <laughs> they paid me, you know, good enough. So <laughs> Great. That is so good. So it sounds like sort of that five years ago that, you know, things were actually moving along as a proper business. I mean, that's when you told me, you know, you turned over $30,000. You know, it's starting to get a little bit serious. Is that when you thought, okay, this has potential? Or did you always know this could be potentially a million-dollar business? Yeah, no, I never knew that it could be this big of a business. But I always knew that this has potential for earnings, but not this much. So as a shoot-and-burn photographer, of course, like I honed my craft and I started to develop a brand and a style and everything. But I was burnt out because... I was working so hard, like every weekend I'm doing multiple shoots. So I never had downtime to myself. And it was about six years in and I started to having some physical pain in my body. That year or the year later, I was diagnosed with RA, rheumatoid arthritis. And it was getting to a point that it was so tough on my body. And at the end of the year, when we were doing taxes, I'm looking at my numbers and I had made $30,000 the whole year, working super hard, never having time for myself. And that's when I decided that, you know, something has to change. So the first decision was, okay, I'm not going to do weddings and events anymore because that's what is the hardest on my body. 
And after that, it was more like, what else can I change? How can I make it worth my time and not give up on something which is bringing me extra money, but also something which is kind of like a passion for me? So I started researching more and I was hanging out in IPS Mastermind, which is, you know, where a lot of us newbies go to learn more about in-person sales. And then I discovered Rice. This is a Facebook group, right? Yes, it's a Facebook group. Rachel Bohr runs it. So that's when I first came across that. And the same year I was following Sue Bryce from Creative Live. And that's basically what kind of gave me the idea that, okay, this works. I need to switch mode and make it profitable. Okay. So tell me about that sort of part of your journey. So you start following Sue on Creative Live. You're doing the in-person sales mastermind or part of that group. Do you then rejig your website? Do you start targeting portrait clients? Or do you target Sue Bryce style, um, you know, the women in portraits? What did you do? Yes. So I was already shooting a lot of families and, you know, like headshots and branding. I was already doing that, but learning from Sue, it was more about more studio photography. So I started diving more into in-studio looks, which I was doing part of, a little bit of that, but not as much. So yeah, it was more like the glamour side. I already had some of that, but just learning more posing and just knowing that, you know, I can photograph just a single woman in a beauty style rather than having to go for a family, which family is still my bread and butter and I love it. <laughs> right. But it was amazing to know these other, you know, genres that I could do as well. So, I mean, it sounds to me that even if you're targeting these different genres and, you know, maybe you're learning your studio skills, even if you already had them, you would have had to rejig your price list and start bringing in in-person sales sessions. Is that what you did? That's what I did. So I already had clients, right? So people were already reaching out to me. My prices were nowhere on my website even before. So people had to contact me to find out how much a session would be. So I was constantly getting inquiries, but now instead of saying $200 for 10 images or whatever I was charging at that point was somewhere in that range. I was saying that, you know, I was taking more of an in-person way that, okay, there's a Uh, consultation where we meet in person, you get to see samples of everything. And if it's a return client, I started telling them that I'm doing things a little differently. And instead of just handing you the uh, digital files, I actually do the full service and create these beautiful prints for you. And I would love to show you what I'm creating. So let's set up a time for you to come over to the studio. And my studio was in, in my home, which is basically my living room that I will set up with samples and the days of the shoot, all set of backdrops and whatnot there. And my studio is still in my home. It's just, you know, a little fancier version of it. <laughs> now I have a dedicated space to it. So it's not part of my living room and I can leave the setup as is and whatnot. But I think the transition was kind of smooth for me in a way, because I still had inquiries coming in. So it wasn't like, oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to market myself? I already knew how to market myself and I didn't have to start from scratch. I just had to see who would convert into this higher quality, higher price versus who would say that, no, she's out of my price range now. So I had quite a bit clients who actually came along on my journey and were like, yeah, I would love to see what you're offering because I always go extra mile, even as a shoot and burn photographer, I feel what had made the biggest difference for me in business is connecting with my clients on a deeper level. So 
we become friends and, you know, I treat them as the most valuable thing. I'm lost in their session and I go all out just, you know, brainstorming the looks together. Or even if I'm tired, I forget about myself and just serve this client so well that they do come back to me. And that has really paid off well for my business all these years where I never for a minute felt like, where is my next client going to come from? This is so good, Nid. Let me take you back, just keep you back in that time period there, because you said like you had no shortage of clients when you were doing the shoot and burn. What were you doing back then to bring in those clients? And was it any different to what you're doing now? Yeah, I was doing Facebook, Andrew, and I'm doing Facebook today. (laughs) Ads or just posts? No, it's all organic. And as I said, that I connect with clients like they're friends. So back then it was just my business page and I was constantly showing work. And when I was with a client, I was treating them so well and giving them a product that they were proud to show that they would go and show all their friends and send me all these referrals So my business was 100% referral based. And now it's still the same. I would say 50% of my clients are referral based. Right. Okay. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, One, please don't take offense at this, but like you've told me about your Indian descent. Are you targeting the Indian community in your area or is it just anyone who lives in your area? Yeah, no offense at all. So because I'm a marketing person, I know that we connect with people like us and we like to do business with people like us, right? I knew that from the very beginning. So my first strategic approach, the $30 client, the very first paid client that I got, I reached out to this person who's well-connected in the Indian community. And I knew because I'm Indian, it's easy for another person of my race to trust me that I'm going to do them right. So naturally, I went and did some research on Facebook to see who's well-connected in the Indian community. So we have this Indian community Facebook page. And from there, I could tell like, you know, who's posting, who's commenting, how many people are, you know, connected with. I'm also in a city which is home to Walmart. So Walmart's home office is in Bentonville, Arkansas, where I am. So most of the Indian community, they, in one way or another, work for Walmart here. And 10 years ago, it was, you know, pretty much 99% of Indians worked for Walmart. So it was very strategic to reach out to this person and say that, hey, I want to photograph your family. I just want to charge you $30 for it because I really wanted her to be my client. And after that, as soon as she posted the pictures and all her friends saw the next friend who wanted me to take her family's picture, it happened within hours, my rate went up to $100. (laughs) (laughs) I love how strategic you were. And I'm so glad I asked that question. I was scared to ask you, but I'm so glad I did. Because on your website today, it's certainly not all Indian families or clients. It must have organically grown. Yes, right. Now my clientele, I would say it's probably just 5% Indians, but it's very diverse. It's, uh, you know, people of all races. And I love showcasing that in my portfolio. And I get a lot of diversity in, you know, inquiries from diverse people just because I'm showing that, you know, so I have pretty much all races. I can't think of anyone that I haven't photographed. I love that. I love that. So when you, you know, took on this extra training and, you know, you learned these new things about IPS and Sue Bryce's strategies and you did up your prices, do you remember, did many clients balk at that and say, mm, needs you're too expensive for me now? Did you lose many clients? I did, but I knew that I was on the right path. So I didn't take offense. I mean, 
we are always scared to raise our prices or feel like that, right? So it's natural. I don't remember ever feeling that, no, I need to reduce my prices. I just, you know, stuck with my guns and (laughs) kept working on it. What about today? I mean, you've made a massive leap in the last five years to be turning over over $750,000. Like US dollar, that's an incredibly successful business and it's all you. And you have no prices on your website. If someone makes an inquiry, they don't know any pricing information at all, do they? No. And as I said, because most of my clients are referrals and people from Facebook, they kind of have an idea if I have photographed their friends before, which most of them are. Um, I do get a lot of inquiries from Google as well. So I rank number one on Google for a lot of different keywords in my area. So those people have no idea. So yes, if an inquiry is coming from Google, then I'll probably book half of them. Again, I am very upfront about my pricing. So when they do call me, I tell them what the pricing is rather than hiding it or making it a gimmick or whatever it is. So being transparent and telling them what to expect, I think, I mean, it's either yes or no. And if it's yes, um, which is because of the quality and because of the expertise that I'm able to connect with them over the phone and say, even if it's for headshots, you know, I can take it more to what you need rather than, oh yeah, let's do your headshot. This is how much it will be. But I'm talking more about their business. Who's your clientele? How you plan to use this? Do you ever do speaking engagements and whatnot? So always directing them into the way where they feel like I'm the right fit for them. And after that, when they hear the price that it's $250 an image, they feel like it's worth it. Sure. So let's say I'm ringing about a family photography session. It's my wife's birthday coming up. We've got a couple of kids and I'm making an inquiry via Google. My first question as someone who didn't know, I would probably be, are you available and how much does it cost? So how do you answer that? Because I imagine that's a pretty common question. Yeah. So I would ask that, oh, great. It's your child's birthday. How old is he or she? And, you know, really connect with it. What's your vision for the session? What are you wanting to How do you want to enjoy these images? Are you thinking for something for your walls or more like an album to have like, you know, a gift for this milestone? Just really directing them rather than saying this many hours, this many images, that's what you get. And when they say, yeah, I would love to create something for my walls or we are more of an album people, then I can direct them into saying that, yes. So let me tell you a little bit about my process. We'll meet in person. You can see samples of everything. So you know exactly what you want to create from your session. And then the day of the session, we'll start with hair and makeup artistry for your wife. So it's more of an enjoyable experience for her. Bring you all um, in and we can do multiple locations in studio, outdoors, whatever you like. And then you get to select your images. So really, you know, differentiating yourself from a shoot and burner who's just probably just telling them how many hours, how many images, and then tell them that if you are interested in album, I'll tell them album start at $3,200 for 20 images. And, you know, not everyone is your client. So, but I feel my prices are worth it and the experience is worth it. And if I only book half of them, which I do, my conversion rate, I was just looking at that yesterday, 61%. So, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to book everybody, but 
And I can't photograph 100 clients in a month anyway. So I'm looking for those 10 clients who value me, my work and what I have to offer and are happy to pay my prices. I love that. I love that you know that if you get 10 inquiries, you're going to get six bookings as well. Like how good is that? You know what the numbers you have to try and reach to get the bookings that you want. Right. That's so good. Okay, so you're going to give me a price, and it sounds like you do a pre-shoot consultation now for every client. So you know, does mum and dad both have to come in for a family session, or is it just mum if she's the one that's making the inquiry? Yeah, so I don't make it you know, this way or that way. Whatever they desire, I set the expectations, what we're doing at the time of the consultation. So I'll tell them that you'll get to see samples of everything and know exactly what you want to create. You will know prices of everything as well. So, you know, your budget, I'll tell you about my prepayment bonus options as well, so that you can earn some freebies just for paying in advance. So I'm setting expectations. So they know that if they need that help or permission and bring their spouse with them, they're welcome to, but most high-end clients, you know, they don't necessarily have to get permission of their spouse. They are free to spend up to so much money and, you know, it's their decision. Cool. And what's a prepayment bonus? I love the sound of that. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So every time I meet a client, my motivation is, you know, I want them to be able to spend money with me. So before they come in for the consultation, I charge the session fee over the phone on the discovery call when we first connect. And they agree that, yes, this works for me. Let's get you on the calendar, book your time. And then uh, they come in for their consultation in person. And then in consultation, I'm showing them all the samples and painting the picture and designing their session. And then I tell them, since you will be spending something on your portrait, why not prepay or let me back up the language that I use is since you will be investing something on your portrait, let me tell you about my prepayment bonuses so you can earn some freebies just by paying in advance. And then I show them my bonuses, which is usually, I just have two very simple bonuses. It's an acrylic block, five by seven size, or a metal print with an easel back, eight by 10 size. So they can choose either one of those. If they prepay 1500 towards their portrait, they get one of them and an extra image, the corresponding digital. If they prepay 2500 they get two, 3500 they get three. They can pay as much money as they want up front and uh, to earn those freebies. And most of my clients do. Most of them do. Most of them do. I had a client who prepaid $8,500 at her consultation. <laughs> wow. I haven't even picked up the camera. <laughs> so hang on. So if a client's prepaying $8,500, they've got a good idea of what they already want for their home, do they? No. So when she saw the bonuses and I told her that, you know, they make perfect gifts for friends and family, like grandparents would want some, or you can put it in your bookcase because, you know, we all have bookcases in our house these days. (laughs) There's always space that you need to fill with something or something for the desk for your husband or, you know, for you at work. When you paint a picture like that, that's where, you know, the magic happens. So this session, it was right before Christmas And she's thinking about gifts for families. So as soon as I said, these make great gifts for family, she's like, oh, yeah, okay, I want four gifts for my side of family, four gifts for his side of family. She was like, let's do eight. (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. So she's investing eight and a half thousand dollars up front to get some (laughs) some freebies (laughs) for gifts. That's so good. 
Yeah, well, she's going to spend that anyway. So yeah. she ended up spending $22,500. Wow. Okay. So when she came in to buy or to prepay that amount, she already had an idea that she was going to spend up you know, substantially on photography. I don't think so because she reached out to my mini session call in my Facebook group. So I had this date that had come open. I believe this is November of last year. So it's right before Christmas. And I was like, okay, everybody you see on Facebook is doing mini sessions. So I was like, let me just open, you know, three or four mini sessions on this date. So I went in my private women's group on Facebook, which is basically 90% of my clients come from that group. Um, Those who do come from Facebook come from that. (laughs) So I put a call out on my page. I haven't even created a landing page or anything because this is basically a last minute thing that I cooked up in my head that I'm going to do some Christmas portraits. So I posted some pictures of mom and daughter with Christmas background from a couple of years ago or the year before that I did. And this client filled out my contact form and I called her. So right now I don't even know what I'm going to charge her for a mini session. So I just slashed my session fee in half. She said, yeah, I just want to do some pictures for, you know, holidays with my daughter. I'll probably want to include my family as well. And I asked her, do you want to create something for your walls or what's your goal from this? And she said that, yes, I have this entry wall that I would love to put wall portraits on and maybe have some gifts for family as well. So I book her in with $300 session fees. I slash my session fee in half because it's going to be a mini session. And then she could buy whatever images she want after the session. So I invited her in for consult and showed her, you know, all the samples and everything. And then we started designing her session. And when she saw everything, she was like, yeah, I want to do this dress and that dress. And we want to do a formal look and a casual look. And we want to do outdoors and indoors. And I was like, why don't we just convert that into a custom session instead of putting a time limit on it so we can, you know, do the full justice and you would love that. I'm not even going to charge you the additional for the session fee. I'll be happy to gift that to you. Keep it at 300 and you can just purchase portraits. So when I showed her the prepayment bonuses, I have no idea what she's thinking in her head because right now I know she wants to create variety, but I didn't know how much her budget was. When I asked, so would you like to take advantage of these freebies today? And she said, yes. And I said, how much are you thinking? And she said, let's do eight. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so let's do eight. (laughs) And I was like, do you want to put it on your card or write a check? And I'll put it on my card. (laughs) And that was $8,500 plus tax. (laughs) So she had paid me close to 10 grand even before the session happened. What an amazing client. And she came out of your Facebook group Mm -hmm. from a mini session inquiry. Right. And that's why I'm a big advocate of meeting people in person, because just from the discovery call, they're not seeing the whole scene. I'm not understanding everything that they may want. And no matter how open minded we could be in that 30 minutes of phone call, when you haven't met anyone or haven't seen their face or, you know, how they light up or what they're liking, it's kind of hard to gauge what this client is going to spend. So I think that in-person consultation was a big game changer for me. During COVID, did you have to convert that to Zoom consultations or did you still do them face-to-face where you are? I did some on Zoom, but I did still do in-person as well. But, you know, maintaining that six feet distance and wearing masks and everything. 
I'm in Arkansas, so <laughs> we were kind of like slacking on all these regulations when the rest of the country was going full on shutdown. So I guess I, I was kind of happy. Okay, so it's pretty relaxed where you are. Yes. And I'm not familiar with exactly where Arkansas is or the weather that you have. So do you need to shoot indoors during winter or can you shoot outdoors all year round if you want to? Yeah, we could have really extreme swings every day, pretty much. So I'm in the south, right next to Texas, Oklahoma on one side, and Missouri on the other side. So we're kind of like in that corner there. But yeah, you could be wearing flip-flops today, and then it may be snowing tomorrow. So there's extremes. Okay, wow. So having a studio is, is a big help to running a successful business. It sure has been, yes. Okay, great. Tell me, Nids, about the Facebook group. Is this something that you started because you heard from another mentor? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. What an incredible business you've built, Nids. It's just really is amazing. Are you helping other photographers with this stuff? I am. I mentor quite a few other photographers. And this year I started more of a group coaching to make it better on my time as well. So there are six photographers in a group. We meet twice a month online or Zoom. They're all over the world. And I just help them out from everything from, you know, pricing to sales strategies, all, you know, everything to raise their averages and get set for set up for success. Wow. So these are like mastermind groups. They sort of are. Yes. And they're accountability style too. So, you know, putting these six people who are all on the same level, they can learn from each other as well. Plus they're all working on the same thing together. Let's say we're working on some kind of marketing campaign. They're all doing their own marketing campaigns and it's just helpful to run ideas with each other as well. And so that is the group or each individual group, do they have their own Facebook group where they're all sort of talking together as well? Yes. So there's individuals right now have three groups running. So there are three different (laughs) Facebook groups. So when I say I live on Facebook, I really mean it. (laughs) You really do. (laughs) Wow. And then what's the cost for this kind of mastermind group mentoring with you? Yeah, it's just $500 a month. So it's, you know, for the kind of value that they get out of it, they make that in the very first class. Wow, that is amazing. So where does the listener go to learn more about that? I have a a big group, not really big because it only started in January, but the main group where anybody could come hang out, even without being in the mastermind, is The Thrive Code by Nidhi Dahiya, Photography Education for Nidhi Dahiya on Facebook. And if they do, they can hire me for one-on-one mentoring as well per hour if they just have a few questions. But if they want to do a deeper dive into their business and set it up for success in every realm, then reach out for the mastermind group, which will all start another one in June. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, so the Facebook group is The Thrive Code by Nidhi Dahia. So I'll add a link to that in the show notes for this episode so uh, the members can easily find that. Nidhi, this has been amazing, an absolute powerhouse. I'm so glad we got in touch and I was so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for sharing everything you have. You are amazing. Is there anywhere else that the listeners should go to learn more about you or is the Facebook group the best place? Thank you so much, Andrew. Yes, the Facebook group is the best place right now until I come up with more ways for them to learn from me, which 
I have some things in work, so hopefully very soon. I'm, I love the photo of you on the group too. Very serious, <laughs> very businessy. I love it. Badass. <laughs> That's what I would like to go for. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. Just before I do let you go, what do your parents say about your photography business? Yeah, they're super proud. My dad actually passed away four years ago uh, and he couldn't really see, but I'm sure he's still watching me and seeing this journey. But yes, my mom is super proud. My whole family is very proud of me, which makes me even more ambitious and motivated to do big things. Fantastic. I love it. I'm sorry to hear about your dad. Um, we'll finish with a hypothetical. Would they be as happy if you had just the photography business and you didn't have you know, the three degrees and the, and the other job that you have, would that be okay? That would be okay. But I was talking to my mom today and she said, don't quit the university job. (laughs) (laughs) She was a teacher. She's retired now. (laughs) So she just really, uh, you know, feels like that education and everything is a higher respected. Um, But she knows what I'm doing to the business and, I don't know. She may change her mind, but, you know, she's set, set in her own ways. <laughs> so the stereotype is true where the Indian parents would like to see their children be doctors and solicitors and engineers and teachers. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> it's changing slowly, but it's not gone away. <laughs> and does your family, do they call you Nids or Nidhi? Um, so my family called me Nidhi, um, and Nids came from Nidhi being really hard for most of my U.S. clients and friends to pronounce. So they either call me Nidhi, like I need something. <laughs> <laughs> and Nids was more of a nickname that my college friends used to call me back in India. So when I was thinking about a name for my business, I was like, I need to make it easier for people to pronounce and read. So started going by Ned. So half of my clients call me Ned's now, half of my friends call me Ned's now because they were my client at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Nidhi, look, again, thank you so much for coming on. You're amazing. Thank you so much, Andrew. This has been so fun. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Nidhi as much as I did. Nidhi, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have. You are absolutely amazing. Massive congrats on your success, and I I can't wait to see where it goes from here. I'm sure you're going to reach your target of a $1 million turnover for this year. I'm looking forward to getting those updates when you do. For you, the listener, I mean, surely, surely there were a ton of takeaways from what Nitty had to share today. I'd love to hear about them. If you get a chance, let me know in the comments area of the show notes or let me know inside the premium members Facebook group. I'll be adding Nitty into the members Facebook group so you'll have easy access to her there if you are a premium member and you have a follow-up question. Otherwise, if you'd like to utilize the comments area, the show notes this week are at photobizx.com forward slash 462. In those show notes, I've got examples of Nidhi's work. I've got links to anything and everything that she'd mentioned in the interview. And the comments area is at the very bottom of those show notes. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. Just a quick couple of things before we close out today's episode. If you have completed or you are registered for the Profitable Book Projects course, that is up, available. It's live on the photobizx.com website now. You should have had emails about that. 
I will be recording a Q&A session with Katie in the coming week. So you need to get me your questions if you want to have them answered in that audio recording. That's going to be available to you if you are registered for the Book Projects course. So get your questions to me if you've got anything. And of course, if you missed your chance to get your question to Katie now, you can still send them to me whenever you hear this interview if you don't hear it as it goes live and I'll make sure that your questions do get answered by Katie and we'll get back to you in email format or in the Q&A area of the course page on the website. But if you'd like to have Katie personally answer your question in audio format, then make sure you get your questions to me. Just send them via email. It's andrew at photobizx.com. Now, in addition to that, you would have heard me talking last week about the Embark Unleash Challenges. That was following on from the interview with Holly and Marika, who both completed the challenge the first time around. Now, if you aren't familiar with Embark, it's a challenge-based six-month interactive dog photography course. You can learn more about it at photobizx.com forward slash Embark. But my best advice would be go back and have a listen to the interview with Holly and Marika in episode 459 of the podcast. You'll get a great idea of whether or not the Embark photo challenge will be a good fit for you. But basically, you'll be pushed to come up with new ideas on how to photograph dogs in regards to location, framing, composition, lighting, anything and everything to do with dog photography. So you can not only learn how to create better photos of dogs, you can incorporate those sessions into your business. You're also competing and working and interacting with other dog photographers from around the world where you go through the challenge. So you're learning, competing, and growing all at the same time. It's, it really does sound like an amazing initiative. It's put together by Charlotte Reeves and Craig Turner-Bullock, both who have featured on the podcast in the past. They both are running Unleashed Pet Photography Education. They will be guiding you through the course. They are both amazing photographers, amazing at business, and this is definitely worth checking out if you want to improve your dog photography. So again, more details are at photobizx.com forward slash embark. It's E-M, M for Mary, B-A-R-K. Alrighty, that is going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Big thanks again to Nidhi Dahia for coming on and sharing everything she did. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you have an amazing week ahead. Stay safe, healthy and well, and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. enjoyed this episode head to photobizx.com join the conversation leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest 